Welcome to Sliding Doors Your Story, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career, and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? Sliding Doors, your story delves into your extraordinary moments and decisions that built the path of your life. Through your applications, we have curated a mini-series with amazing people taking us through their amazing Sliding Doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. I'm really excited to announce that for this series, we have partnered up with Berksy, who you may have seen on this season's Dragon's Den. Berksy is a super clean and refreshing alcoholic sparkling water, which is also known as a hard seltzer and is sold throughout the UK. All of their flavours are made with real fruit and on a lovely sunny day, my favourite has to be opening up a can of peach and raspberry. And the founders also set up the brand in a sliding doors moment themselves in Toronto's Berksy Park. So we're now asking you to create your own sliding doors moment and have a Berksy with your friends this spring. So whether it's taking the time to listen to a podcast or just having a moment to yourself, taking that time to think about your sliding doors moment. And while you're at it, you can get 20% off your first order using the code sliding doors on their website, www.berksydrinks.com, where you can also tell us your sliding doors moment by entering it through the website. Enjoy the episode. My guest today is Harry Kessler. Harry is 91 and lives in Southport, and today he's opening up all about his accidental life and a truly life-saving moment that happened to him as a child that ultimately led him to become a Holocaust survivor. So welcome to Sliding Doors, your story, Harry. I wanted to start off if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, explain who you are, where you live, what you do, just give our audience a little bit of a background information. My name is Harry Kessler. Yeah. I am. I was born in Vienna in 1930. Um, I live now in Southport um, with my wife, Mary, and um, I've been retired for quite some time, but in my retirement, I've done um, lots of different things. Uh, And um, at the moment, um, I'm doing talks about my life for the Holocaust Educational Trust when I'm asked, uh, and sometimes um, organisations that don't go through the trust have asked me, and I'm doing those as well. Um, and I also, I've been doing some fundraising for guide dogs for the blind. But um, aside from that, it's... Amazing. And you actually were just telling me that you are a bike rider as well. I'll ride my bike, yes. That's for my exercise, yeah. And how, how far do you ride on a daily basis? Uh, in the summer, when when it's nice and not overly windy, um, I usually do about anything between 15 and 20 miles a day. Amazing. I mean, well, you've definitely put me to shame today because that's a lot more than I do. Um, so you mentioned there that you were born in Vienna. And I guess before we start talking about your actual sliding doors moment, um, do you want to explain very briefly how you actually ended up and your family ended up in Vienna in the first place? Because this dates all the way back to your grandparents, doesn't it? Yes, my um, my 
paternal grandfather, yeah. Ignace, um, he, he was from Slovakia and um, he married um, my grandmother in, in Slovakia and they had eight children. Um, wow. He contracted cancer sometime before the First World War and uh, it was suggested to him that he might find um, uh, a surgeon in Vienna Mm -hmm. uh, who, who could deal with it or, or a doctor in Vienna who might be able to deal with it. Uh, and he decided that he'd go for that. So um, he picked up his whole family and they, they all moved to Vienna. Wow. Um, he didn't survive. He, the cancer got him and he died. But my grandmother and her children remained in Vienna. Which are uh, your parents? And... My father yeah. Uh, yeah. was one of those children, yes. Amazing. So actually you had a little sliding doors moment even before the actual sliding doors moment because you ended up being in Vienna in the first place. Um, and you mentioned there that you share your story a lot with schools and universities and, you know, there are so many refugees still around the world today um, and it's such an important story to keep telling. Why is it so important to you that your story lives on? Well, it's, it's absolutely imperative that the story of the Holocaust should not be forgotten because of the, the terrible things that did happen. And if you educate young people and, and tell them what happened and that they should not allow uh, this kind of thing to, to happen, if they come across uh, anti-Semitism or anti-Muslimism or what, whatever, yeah. they should not stand back quietly and do nothing, they should stand up and um, call it out and, um, you know, try and stop it that way. And, and the, the Holocaust Educational Trust has done a fantastic job by um, having speakers going to any school that wants one. Um, and the schools themselves um, have produced uh, non-Jewish ambassadors Mm -hmm. who are the young people that are that have set themselves uh, the task of preventing such things ever happening again. Of course, mankind, hu human beings are horrible, mm -hmm. as we can see particularly at the moment. I mean, what's going on in the Ukraine is abhorrent and um, it, it, it's a terrible thing, but it, it's, it seems to be repeating... Uh, all these atrocities mm -hmm. that have taken place in yeah. the past. But even so, one tries to, to prevent it by telling the story. Definitely. And it's so important to keep the story alive, which is why it's brilliant to have you on today. But also, as you say, starting younger with children and education is, is so important. Um, so before we go on to talking about your moments specifically, um, I wanted to understand from you, what are your thoughts around kind of fate in your life, coincidence, timing? You know, you explain your story to be your accidental life. Um but do you kind of believe in all of fate or do you believe, like, were you in the right place at the right time or do you think this was the path that your life was meant to take? No, I, I, no, I don't know uh, that my life was meant to take a path, but so many, um, well, there aren't that many, but I mean, the, my life has been shaped by accidental happenings, things yeah. that were not pre-planned. Mm -hmm. um, my 
My life was saved, basically, by the most ridiculous little thing that happened in 1934. So we'll go on to talking about your moment now. So your moment is, um, if we boil it down to it, a chance meeting with a couple from Chester aboard a steamer that changed the course of your life. So that's a very short statement for what's an incredible life-saving story for you. So do you want to take us back to Austria in 1938 when the Nazis were kind of forcing you and your family to leave and explain how the whole sliding doors moment started for you? It started, let's take it right back to 1934 when it happened. Yeah. Um, I had been ill with whooping cough or scarlet fever. I had both of them. And I don't know which it was, but um, I'd come out of that. I was four years old and my father on a Saturday afternoon decided to give me a treat by taking me on one of the uh, Vienna uh, steamers, the Danube steamers, which uh, went in a circle around the... Uh, part of the Danube River and then turning off the river into the canal, uh, which goes through almost the middle of Vienna and then goes back up to the Danube. These boats, they they just went round this um, uh, round trip and they would stop at different piers on the way to let people off and bring new people on. And we had got on and uh, were setting off on this little round trip. I, in, you know, I was a bit small at the age of four. <laughs> yeah. So I climbed up onto the seat to look out of the window. Mm-hmm. And my father said to me in German, which is what the language was that we spoke, yeah. um, be careful you don't dirty that lady's dress by you. So that lady said in halting German, mm-hmm. um, no, no, it's okay, you know, what a nice little boy or something. Uh, my father said, oh, thank you, but you don't sound as though you're local. Yeah. Where, you know, what, what are you, where are you from? And she said they were English and uh, her husband was a dentist and they were on a dental conference. Oh, uh, wow. But being weekend, uh, Saturday afternoon, the whole dental conference members were on this boat they, they were going on this joy trip so she said shall I call my husband over and she did yeah and they chatted and chatted and you know they were practicing their German and my father was interested in listening to them and the the boat went on and on and on and eventually they said oh where you know where are we now and where the rest of the conference the rest of the conference were nowhere to be seen oh they'd really oh my gosh yeah. so you'd been engrossed in conversation that they'd missed yes, them that's right they'd got off at a previous pier and um, they panicked oh gosh you know we've lost them. my father said don't worry about it you know we're not getting off until where we get off to go home um why don't you get off with us come back to our apartment have a cup of coffee and some of my wife's excellent baking which yeah and she made wonderful cakes my dear um mother um and then i'll take you to your hotel so they said oh thank you very much and when he was taking them back he also said have you got anything on for tomorrow sunday and they said no my wife and i to take you on a little tour of vienna you know, show you around a bit. And they said, oh, that'd be lovely. And they did that. And yeah. that was that. You know, they, the Mr. 
Mr. and Mrs. Jones, they were. Yes, and it was a nice little uh, holiday friendship, but that was it. And you just thought, you know what? Yes. We'll never see them again. So, uh, yes, of course. That is exactly what we thought. But uh, it was a little while later, uh, Mrs. Jones uh, sent a letter. And um, I have got that letter. Amazing. Um, I've got the original letter still. Yeah. But this... This is the wow, uh, amazing. And I'm guessing that she had your address because she'd come to your house for tea and cake. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah. They, they they did have our address, uh, and she wrote this letter, just saying in rather poor German, "My dear Mr. Kessler, we have nothing forgotten. I can the German not well, write, <laughs> uh, but we think." Uh, often out of view, and that so nice son. Oh, that's so lovely. That, that's a literal translation, but we yes. know what you were trying to say. Exactly. Uh, and that was that. That was the letter. My father put it down. He put it in his in his papers somewhere. That was it. That was 1934. Yeah. Uh, between 1934 and 1938, of course, you know, Hitler came to prominence and, and started... Um, the uh, anti-Semitic ways that he, he yeah. continued. Um, and in uh, March 1938 came the Anschluss when the German troops walked into Vienna and were welcomed, I have to say, into yeah. Vienna because my father and one of his brothers, well, well, go back a, a a moment and my grandmother in Vienna eventually decided to take Austrian nationality. Mm-hmm. So she became naturalized and um, most of the children did also. But my father and one of his brothers decided to remain Czech. They did not oh, want to. Really? Austrian. Yeah. So that's another thing, you know, why he wanted to do that. I don't know. I yeah. never asked him. Um, and, but he did. Uh, and because he was Czech, he was able to leave with his family from Vienna uh, legally. Amazing. As long as they went just to Czechoslovakia. Yeah. And sometime after the Angelus, it wasn't immediately afterwards, but sometime after that, uh, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. He, he eventually, um, he couldn't continue working. They had to sack him because he was Jewish. And... Um, we decided to go to Czechoslovakia and start a new life. Uh, we hadn't been there very long when Hitler started his moves against Czechoslovakia. Yeah. And a an army was conscripted uh, to defend the country against the Germans if and when they tried to invade. Czechoslovakia was not going to lie down and welcome them in Mm-hmm. as Austria had done. Um, so there he was in uniform on the borders of the country. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, Britain and her allies sat down with Hitler and then they worked out the Munich Agreement, which meant that uh, um, they basically gave him Czech- Czechoslovakia. Yeah, uh, The army was disbanded my father came home 
Uh, and that was that. And then in no time, of course, Czechoslovakia was taken over by uh, the Nazis again. And there we were, a Jewish family in a Nazi world again. Yeah. And this time, he didn't know how we were going to get away. And he was trying to work out ways, if there were ways, of getting away legally. Mm-hmm. And there were still ways that you could get away legally. Um, but you had to have all sorts of documents. Yeah. And he would queue at various offices day after day. Um, the, you know, the, the business of collecting what he needed was, I call it a bureaucratic paper chase. Yeah, I bet it was. It was. And um, he did this day by day until eventually he did actually have everything that he needed except one final document. Um, He needed an affidavit from somebody in the country that, that we were going to yeah. to say that they would take full financial responsibility for us because we left everything behind, of course. But not only did he not know anybody there, but we, he had no idea in what country we were going to go to. Yeah. We didn't know people anywhere outside. Uh, our, our well, you wouldn't, and, like, travel wasn't what it is like today. You know, you didn't go as many the places only as we do now. travelling we've done on holiday was to Yugoslavia. Yeah. Um, in the better days. However, um, he was going through his papers and he came across the letter from from Mrs. Jones. And it's got, it was written on a headed... um, Yeah, I can see. So it's got got her address on the letter that he wrote to her. Not her address, it's actually the address of uh, her husband's dental practice. Okay. And these are the only people that we knew Amazing. outside our environment. Yeah. And he wrote to them and he explained what we needed. And they sent the affidavit that we needed and said, come to us. Amazing. And that's like, I know you've described this before, but... I think it's a bit of a miracle finding the letter in the first place and keeping the letter, but then for them to write back and say yes. But I mean, it's still just, even what you described, I mean, if we really think about it, you know, it's every moment of the story along the way is what has made your, made, saved your life. Because if you'd not been sick, your dad might not have taken you on the boat that day. If, you know, they hadn't have got to... Exactly, if they hadn't played... If the if the couple hadn't hadn't missed their spot, they would never have known where you lived and wouldn't have been able to write to you. So there are so many amazing tiny little things that happen to basically save your life. And it's I think the mo- the moral of the story a lot of the time is kind of the kindness that you can give to strangers and where it can take you. Kindness to strangers, you've said the very words. That is one of the things that I um, talk about when I'm giving my talk. Kindness to strangers and what it can result in. And in our case, it resulted in the saving of our lives. Massively. And, you know, it's also lovely that you actually ended up meeting a couple that were as kind as you. And that's kind of why potentially that fate moment did happen for both of you. So when you went to England, how long did you stay with the family for? And are you still in touch with them today? We lived with them for about a year, but my father, not as long as that, 
because um, we arrived in England in May 1939. And of course, in September 1939, war broke out. Um, and then uh, soon after that, a, a free Czech army was formed in England. Yeah. Um, for Czech citizens who had come over and who wanted to um, fight. Yeah. And they were, of course, allied to the British Army, but they were a separate unit uh, called the Free Czech Army. Um, so my father went off in that. And my mother and I, in the meantime, I mean, when we arrived, we didn't speak a word of English. Yeah. So we had to learn the language. Um, but that comes very quickly to somebody aged seven, eight. Yeah. My mother was allowed to take a job and she found a job in Chester at the, there was a food office. Um, they they rationed, uh, uh, issued ration books and, and did these things. So she got a job there and was working, earning money, and she wanted more independence. So we left the Joneses and um, she rented a couple of rooms somewhere in Chester where we lived. I had gone to a little village school, first of all, um, near, Ch near Churton, and been bullied there um, because they didn't speak English properly. Um, so the Joneses and my mother decided that this was no good. And the Joneses said, well, our boys went to Hampton House Prep School, yeah. which is a, a weekly boarding prep school. Let, let me have a word with the, the head, which she did. Yeah. And said, you know, we've got this family with a, a son. They've got no money, but he needs to go to school. What, what are you prepared to do for him? And he said, I'll give him a free place for a year, at the end of which he'll have to take the school scholarship exam. And if she passes that, he can stay on free. But, um, you know, it's dependent on that. And I went there. Amazing. And are you still in touch? I'm sure, did you stay, I've stayed in touch with the family your whole life? Um, we did actually, during the war, we lost touch with the, the Joneses. Um, there was too much going on. My father was in the army, my mother was working, I was going to a different school. And um, we did lose touch. Um, but I know uh, that at one stage after the war, when Mr. Jones, the dentist, died, I know that my parents went to his funeral. Mm. Um, I, I, I was told that basically by um, a member of the Jones family much later because yeah. I have reestablished a connection with the Joneses because about 10 years ago, as recently as that, um, my wife and I were in Chester. We like going to Chester. It's a lovely town. And we were um, wandering down particular road and I saw the a side road that said Whitefriars which was the address on oh, the letter the dentist. Wow. and I'd been to I'd been to the um to the to his practice uh, address before so I thought I'd just go and see if I could recognize it again and I did I went there and I thought this was it walked upstairs and it was a dental practice very busy now um I told the receptionist why I was there. Um, and I heard that not only, of course, were the, the two Joneses who had brought us over, they had passed away, 
but um, of their two sons, the one who had taken over the dental practice Amazing. had died the previous year. Oh, wow. And the other one, who was now in his very late 80s, uh, he was still alive, but he wasn't a dentist. Okay. Um, but anyway, I left a card. She said that the the widow of the one who had died was still around and Kate used to come to the surgery for amazing uh, yeah so they passed my card on to her and she did ring me and we got together uh, and we met up with her and her daughter helen and bill the the son the son yeah elderly wife um, he, he didn't last long after that, I'm afraid. But she and her daughter became good friends of ours. And although she, the widow, has since died about three years ago, Helen, her daughter, uh, is a very good friend of mine. And we, we meet up in Chester occasionally, but we're constantly in touch by email and, and things. So our... our relationship with the joneses has been re-established yeah. how lovely and, uh, and like you know if if all of your parents could look down on you it's just it must be so of them and you really really have had as you say an accidental story and it's such an important story for people to hear because i think you know, firstly, as you said, and as we kind of both said, those acts of kindness, you just never know where they're going to lead. But, you know, ultimately, what I tend to ask people on the podcast is, you know, where do you think you'd be without, you know, that one moment that happened? And unfortunately, the sad part of all of this is you know exactly what would have happened to you and you were an extremely lucky person and this is such a life-saving moment of a chain of events that happened that brought you to where you are today and just thank you for sharing your story with everybody and with the podcast because I think as you say especially in what's going on today it's really important for people to understand that you know writing that one letter talking to that one person can change somebody's life it can it can Oh, thank you so much, Harry. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much.